Hello. Welcome to another episode of the Three-Tiered Eye. I am your host, Payne Sullivan, and today I'll be reading Chapter 31 and the Epilogue of Metanoia. It is time for the finale. It's been an incredible journey, and I just want to thank everyone so much for joining me on this story. It's time to end it. So, let's begin. Chapter 31 Well and truly behind him were the horrors of Cost Cursed and HG00. Though Bo knew his mind had been healed of the illness he carried before the contract, he knew that the events he lived through would haunt him for the rest of his life. All that was left now was to settle with the Kana and execute an attack to wound the wicked and tyrannical empire. Placing the missile delicately on the seats next to them, Alvinus unwound herself. She took the human shape she used when reuniting with her son, sitting next to him. Hess was very brave, she said. Is, Bo replied, saturating the word. She'll find a way back to the Dezen. Is, then, Alvinus corrected herself. Leaning out of the cockpit, Chek told the resting trio, we going to Kana Imperial Fleet. We will dock with the Kirkang, capital ship of Grand Board. This is good. We'll be able to do the most damage to the Kana Empire there, Alvinus told him. Bobbing his head, the ex-soldier ducked back into the pilot's seat. Turning her head to regard her son, her dark eyes scanned over his masked face. Removing his helmet, he returned her gaze. Are you all right? she asked. I don't know. I'm just ready to get to the end of this, Bo said with a sigh. I know, and soon it will be over. You've been strong, my son. Stronger than any human I've seen, the Hagelin said with a smile. Bo couldn't help himself with a small grin at his mother's acknowledgement of calling him her son. You should rest. It doesn't seem like you got any real sleep at the colony, Alvinus continued. No, I feel too wired, the man said, leaning his head on his hand. It's in your biology, Hanson said, a few seats away. Glaring at the doctor, the Hagelin gave him a poisonous look. However, the man continued anyway. You're meant to be constantly filled with the urge to hunt and to be ready to fight. I'm sure you've noticed this kind of restlessness before, the doctor inquired. Honestly, he had. All his life, he had struggled with feeling wound up, but he opted not to reply to the other man. Instead, he shared with his mother and staring down the doctor. When I made you, he continued on to say, Shut up, they both growled. Taking the hint, Hanson stopped speaking abruptly. He must have finally noticed how much he disgusted them. The doctor had no right and was in no position to be speaking of Bo's creation. Easing into his seat, the hunter tried to clear his mind, bouncing his leg as he did. While he felt like a block of lead, he had trouble finding sleep. But it did find him. After only a couple of minutes, it felt like he was once again being shaken awake before he had fallen truly unconscious. Shaking his right arm, Dr. Hansen stood above him. We're here, he said grimly. Through the porthole, Bo could see a fleet of rod-shaped warships, their cannons jutting from the sides. 
In the center of the mass of cruisers was a station similar to Albrock, though significantly smaller. In fact, it seemed almost as big as Costker's had been, though different in design. Adorning its surface were the regal markings of the Connaught Empire. So, that's Kirkane? Bo asked, looking out at the gigantic orb. Yes, Chek said, stepping out. With a glance at the doctor, the Connor grabbed his rifle before adding, Docking is activated. We will be on board soon. Standing from his chair, Bo didn't remove his hand from Hansen, leaving a firm grip on his shoulder as he replaced his helmet. The trio stood by the airlock as the small shuttle flew through the more substantial warships, weaving in and out as it rocketed closer to the center of the Kana Imperial fleet. Orbiting gas giant, the fleet glimmered from the star the planet gravitated to. The brazen orange of the gas giant made the shining gold of the station pop, the hull seeming to glow. Kana board members held themselves in high status, looking down on any inferiors. Their taste in star cruisers showed that perfectly. There was no reason for such needless, gaudy decoration other than to declare one's wealth. Bo thought about just how wounded the Kana Empire's ego would be after their plan was executed. Soaring toward the Golden Station, he pulled the sword from his back with his left hand. Holding to his side, Chek joined him by the airlock as they were brought to their final destination. Are you ready for this? The doctor asked. As ready as I can be, Bo replied as the door slid open to the pressure chamber. Air hissed around as they waited, which was gratefully short in length. After only a few minutes, the airlock opened to a lush and pompous-looking corridor. Like the outside, the hallway was golden. Deep red marble molded to the floor, adding to the sense of power. They were greeted by a Kana dressed in velvet robes, their rank marked on their chest. Speaking to each other, the Kana had a short discussion before the robed avian motioned for them to follow. Nodding to Bo, Chek stepped out to trail after the diplomat. Raising his sword to Hanson's throat, he guided the doctor out into the hall. Fancily dressed Kana filled the walkway, giving icy stares to Hanson. Grinning nervously, the shorter human returned the stares. While they walked the halls, Bo couldn't help but notice how similar the station was to the Demur embassy he had infiltrated. The Kana and Demur certainly had avarice in their taste, everything looking much more expensive than it should. Being led deeper into the core of the station, he began to feel anxious and uneasy. What if the plan didn't work? Unable to voice his concerns or his apprehension, Bo was forced to hold his silence as he walked to the nest of his enemy. It didn't help he could feel the eyes of the Kana nobles sizing him up, scrutinizing his charred and scarred appearance. Ticking by the minutes seemed to be like hours under distasteful looks. From the way they looked at him, he could only assume that the Kana nobles held the same regard for bounty hunters as General Thabis did. The air was so thick with disdain, he could have cut it with his sword. Finally, they stood in front of a wooden door, carved with masterful depictions of Kana history and military might. Pressing the heavy door open, the guides swiped a hand to usher them inside. The room they now stood in was three stories high and circular, high podiums lining the circumference that radiated a pleasant yellow glow. On the pillars were intricate chairs crafted in the same way as the elegant door. 
and on them sat the grand imperial board of the Kano. Only one seat was vacant. The spot that rose highest in the others that he could only assume belonged to an absent Kana emperor. As they entered, each one of them placed down the glasses they had been drinking from. They looked as if they smelled something foul when they laid eyes upon them. Bo looked from face to face, his boiling anger hidden away from their spiteful eyes. The board of the Kana gazed down at him, unaware that the man before them planned their demise. They were all going to pay for what had happened, for what they had done. He felt no pity for the death he would deliver today. There would be no thoughts of regret for these actions. For the first time, Bo would be killing justly, no longer killing criminals for his own gain. Today, he would make a true difference. I see you have returned with our lost doctor, bounty hunter. A gravelly voice spoke out. To Bo's right sat General Thavis, glaring down at the trio. Next to a seat, like an eager pet, was Hanley, somehow even more bird-like than before. I suppose I can safely assume you're the sole survivor? Thavis droned. He sounded triumphant and drunk. Mostly drunk. Yes, Bo lied. Very well the general replied. With that, the Kana pulled out his pistol and shot Hansen in the neck. Collapsing to the ground, the doctor fell soundlessly, not even uttering a single yelp. Shocked, Bo caught the body. Bracing it, he eased Hansen to the ground, his right hand over the heart. You may leave now, Hunter, and be grateful that we give you that much, the Kana general slurred. Don't suppose I'm getting my payment then, huh? Bo said angrily. No, Thavis laughed. Your dismissal is reward enough. Why even send us in if you were going to do this? The human demanded, shaking the limp body. A final test was needed to prove the effectiveness of the project, and I must say I am quite pleased, Thavis said with a slight slur. You bastard. Both seethed. The general didn't even blink. You're trying my patience, human. I don't care about what I lied to you about. Matters of money, the circumstances of the contract, what does it matter? As you humans say, water under the bridge. I don't care. We've won. You've ensured the galaxy to the glory of the Kana Empire. Looking to the soldier at his side, Thabus then spoke to check. Private check, you are hereby reinstated into the Grand Imperial Military, and you may expect your next... No, the deserter called. Ripping the silver helmet from his head, the Kana threw it to the ground. You betray our allies. You ignore treaties. You create great evil. I see what empire really is. Evil and greedy. This is not the Kana way. I will not serve such an empire. It was odd. It wasn't until now Bo realized how differently the general and the soldier spoke. The board murmured to themselves, some of them even squawking out in laughter. You rebuke your duty? You would abandon the oath to serve under the Grand Kana Empire? Thavis jeered with his eyes and tone, mocking. Yes, 
Jack said defiantly, matching the intensity of the general's glare. So be it. Another gunshot rang out, and Check fell over dead, blood oozing from between his eyes. Even in death, his open gaze wore the fearless determination in the face of certain destruction. A true warrior to the end. Bo reached a hand out reactively as his companion was shot down. From the podium, Hanley laughed hardest of all as the board howled with squawking laughter. Bo's gut twisted with hatred. You really do deserve this, he muttered. Are you still here? I thought you were told to leave, Thobis sighed, a hint of amusement still in his intoxicated voice. I'm not going anywhere, Bo replied evenly. Am I really going to have to waste another bullet today? The general asked in exasperation. The Kana warlord was almost a completely different being than he was before. Drunk with power and whatever booze, Thobis reveled in the pleasure of having complete control of the situation. No more professionalism. No more honor. It was disgusting. Calling in humor still, the board only seemed to spur the general's hubris. Clearly, the alien was in his element, surrounded by peers as equally as wicked as he. Carelessly pointing his handgun, Thobis lazily pulled the trigger in the human's direction. The round struck him in the right shoulder, only making the bounty hunter flinch. Should I spend another? I'd really rather not. There is more worthwhile scum to kill and you hardly seem worth it, the general jeered. Doesn't matter how many times you shoot me, it won't change the fact you're all going to pay for what you've done, Bo growled. This sent the board into another fit, the mocking laughter filling the imperial chamber. Bo was beginning to loathe the flock of Kana more and more with each passing second. There would truly be no regret in what he was about to unleash on them. Pulling his hand away from Hansen, the armor that created his arm slipped away, melting into the doctor's body as it writhed and split on the ground. As he stood away, all that remained of his right arm was a vague, dark shape of a human arm, jelly-like in consistency. Abruptly, the chorus of mirth and guffaws cut short, alarmed caws replacing the hilarity that echoed about the room. Alvinus rose as a pillar of squirming flesh, reaching in herself to reveal the warhead. At the sight of the decim bomb, the conaboard flew into absolute pandemonium. From the corner of his eye, Bo caught sight of Hanley scrambling behind Thobis's chair. Flicking his arm, the black flesh the Halgolin had left behind shot through the air, the knife jutting from his palm. Fingers wrapped around her head as the blade drove home and the deranged doctor fell to the floor in a heap. His promise to himself, the one he made when the doctor had taken them all hostage, had been fulfilled. The twisted woman died first. Thobis didn't react. His eyes widened terror as the pistol tumbled from his hand. Voice ringing out against the panic, Alvinus announced, Your tyranny will be undone. The human face of his mother formed in the flesh facing Bo. Run, and never forget my love for you. I never will, he thought to himself. Turning on his heel, the bounty hunter fled for his life. Bursting through the door, he ran 
down the lavish halls, tears now biting at his eyes as he mentally counted down. Thirty. Silver guards were bounding forward, their rifles at the ready as they reacted to the horrified screams of their leaders. Lashing out his arm, he used his bizarre new appendage to bat the Kano away, the black slime smearing across their visors. Blinded by the attack, Bo was able to knock past them in his mad dash. Twenty. Eyes that once beamed with such distaste now held confusion and astonishment at the long, awkward arm that flopped oddly at his side. Making no moves to stop him, he continued running. He couldn't help but wonder if they were as guilty as the board. Their blood would be on his hands, guilty or not, and that was a fact he could not change. 10. Alarms were blazing now, much too late. There would be no evacuation. There would be no escape. Bo questioned why they even activated the sirens at all. Twisting through the hallways, he realized he couldn't outrun the station's fate in time, and he was trapped here just as much as the doomed inhabitants of Kirkane. Boom. Shaking tremendously, the space station buckled as the explosion threw Bo forward. Almost immediately, he began flying back, the air being purged from the station as the war had cleaved Kirkane in half. Tumbling head over heels, the human fought for a handhold on the sheer walls. His new arm was flapping uncontrollably in the wind vortex as the gushing winds vented into space. Catching hold of a frame of a door, he held for dear life as robed and silver bodies whipped past, the void sucking them away. To his horror, his grip was beginning to fail the fabric of his glove losing traction on the smooth and polished metal. Slipping away, the human joined the Kana in the whirlwind. Flying back to the epicenter of the detonation, he smacked into the elegant walls, rushing to what was certainly his death. Ahead, empty space yawned, and Bo entered it, twirling and spinning. From what he could see, the warhead had cleanly separated Kirkane in two pieces, as well as any warships that happened to be within its radius. Motionless bodies drifted past, the last moments of their life still etched on their faces. The only movement Bo saw was the soldiers who had a limited air supply with their suits. One by one, they became still. Over the gas planet, the cruisers began jumping away from the catastrophe, most likely scrambling back to their homeworld in fear of another attack. Across his HUD, the system alerted him to the lack of atmosphere, and a countdown began as his helmet sealed itself. At most, he had only a minute and a half of air. Trying to control his breathing, he struggled not to think about Jenna or Agnes. He only let himself focus on the fact that the Kana Empire had been mangled. Any further prospect of HG-00 production was dead. The vicious war with the Dezen had been shifted, and the Board of Empire saved from their traitorous partner. They'd done it. Avnus had done it. He thought of the true farewell he had shared with the Hagelin on the shuttle, how she explained that she would leave all of herself attached to Bo that she could. Removing that much of herself was fatal to her. So she left behind the vital genetic makeup that allowed Haglowin to shapeshift and function as they do. 
She had only detached with enough to carry out her plan and deliver the critical blow. His breathing threatened to become ragged as his mother intruded to his mind. The memories that had been restored to him flashed through and he couldn't help but cling to them. All the years he had lost with the one that had nurtured and saved him stung his heart. But at least he remembered now. And what about Jenna? He couldn't help but think about her. His heart broke even more. Bo hoped she would be safe, find a good caretaker, a better father. Running down to zero, the countdown urgently warned him to find a proper source of oxygen. Closing his eyes, he quietly accepted his fate, letting his mind embrace thoughts of his mother and daughter. He only wished that he could at least give Jenna a proper farewell. As the timer beeped at zero, he braced himself for a lonely asphyxiation in a sea of floating dead Kana. He figured he had at least 30 extra seconds of life before he passed out. Light filled his failing vision as he passively waited for death. Something was illuminating him through the wreckage. Pushing through the mess was a shuttle, zeroing in on the human. Twisting, it exposed an open airlock to Bo. With what strength he had, the bounty hunter whipped out his stringy arm and grabbed hold. Feebly, he yanked himself in as his lungs began to fail. Pulling himself inside, the airlock sealed behind him and the chamber gushed with oxygen. Ripping his helmet off, Bo sucked in air into his burning chest. Gasping, he staggered upright to kneel as the door to the interior snapped open. Standing in the frame was the true Dr. Hansen, moving to pull the hunter to his feet. God, I can't believe that worked. Are you alright? I can't believe I found you in time. Could barely get a signal on your locator through all that, the doctor said. I'm fine, Bo rasped. Easing the stumbling man into a seat, Hansen bit his lip. I'm sorry, Bo. I truly am. He didn't answer. There was no words that he could say. Alvinus was incredibly br- Please, was all Bo could manage. Don't. Again, the doctor bit down on his lip as he nodded. We received a transmission from your joy. I'll- Get us set up to go. No response was offered. Giving up on conversation, Hansen turned to return to the cockpit. However, Bo caught him by the back of his tattered orange uniform. If what you created, ever, has another outbreak, you stop it. I'll personally drag you to cure the filth you manufactured, or I will kill you. Do you understand? Bo said, his eyes filling with fire. Gulping, the doctor acknowledged the hunter's ultimatum. With fear in his step, Hansen scurried back to input the coordinates. Leaning his bare head against the cold glass of the viewport, Bo stared out into the destruction of Kirkhane. As his view was filled with brilliant blue energy of warp activation, the man offered three final words. Thank you, mother. Epilogue. Flexing his arm, 
Foe marveled at how it had come to form. Pitched black flesh stretched at his command, warping and changing as he willed. With a mere thought, armor plating rose and sunk into the skin, matching perfectly with what he already wore. That's so cool, Jenna said over her plate of food. It'll be useful, that's for sure, Bo replied with a hint of pride. Useful for what? I thought you were going to retire from bounty hunting, his daughter asked. Looking over the table to the Daros, he smiled. I think it's time to reconsider my career path. Maybe my skills are better put into writing wrongful bounties instead. Like Pin? Yep, he nodded. What about the Demur? The cabinet lied to you about there being civilians, the girl said slowly. They'll be dealt with, trust me, Bo stated. He was responsible. He would right his wrongs, though he would never truly forgive himself for the two dozen Demur embassy workers that were caught in the blast. Along with the Demur Empire, the Kana still posed a threat. There were reports that many of their forces had withdrawn to recuperate from losing their entire board. Pin, Chek, and Alvinus will not have died in vain. Hess had never resurfaced as well, to his dismay. Bo had every intention to honor their sacrifice. The universe had been cruel. As cruel as he will be to those that make the universe such a place. Brilliant, artificial lights of every color dazzled the white room they sat in, the glass dome surrounding them overlooking the sprawling Dezen Hive city. Similar stalks rose from the landscape, lit up by the colorful lights of the colony. It was quite a sight. Apparently, this was one of the bigger hives, having even other sentient species mingling with the insectoids. The evacuation of La Shada had been a complete success. Once all the colony aliens had escaped, the island was raised from space. Nothing could have survived, and because of them, they had saved hundreds of lives. And thanks, the Dezen Queen bestowed upon them the highest of honors, welcoming them to any hive at any time. Quint had left quietly after the ceremonies, shaking Bo's hand and hugging Jenna farewell. After that job, I don't think bounty hunting is for me, the young man said. What will you do? Jenna had asked. Help people. I always wanted to be a real medic, he replied sheepishly. Bo had clapped him on the back. Good luck, Quint. Thank you for looking after Jenna. I owe you. You'll do great things. I know you will. After their goodbyes, the boy slipped his mask over his dark face, speaking of hopes to meet them again. They were heroes now, to some anyway. With a clunk, Jenna dropped her cast arm on the table, sighing. I think I'm actually full. This medicine is really putting a damper on my appetite. Good thing, maybe I can afford to keep you now, Bo said. Shut up, she replied with a laugh. Reaching over to take the plate from her, the man dug into her leftovers hungrily. At least she wasn't devouring live worms this time. On the ground below, the hive celebrated the arrival of their brothers and sisters. It was joyous, with strange and exciting parades filling the streets. 
Together, the two watched the festivities, the jubilation filling the entire colony. Smiling at each other, they absorbed the happiness the species felt. In the dark upper reaches of the hive's cavern, the spectacle was a sight to see. Do you miss her? The Darrow asked suddenly. She didn't have to specify who she meant. It was obvious she meant his mother. Yes, but I have my memories with her, and I'll always treasure them, Bo answered. Standing, Jenna rose from the table and walked to his side. Leaning against him, she said, I'm glad you made it back, Dad. Wrapping his arm around her, he replied, Me too. Outside, the cave was filled with glittering light as fireworks were set off, erasing any shadows with exotic colors of fiery sparks. Bangs and cracks shot happily through the air as the pair watched the show quietly together as father and daughter. Everything was at peace. Thank you for joining me for the finale of Metanoia. Metanoia, as well as the theme of the podcast, are both written by me, and you can find more of my work at pain-sylvan.squarespace.com, where you can find Amazon links to all of my books. But no music. That was kind of a one-time act of whimsy. I am feeling incredibly emotional right now. This has been amazing. I feel like I have written this book again for the very first time. And I wrote this almost 10 years ago. It was conceptualized when I was 17 and written when I was 18. And it's been an enormous trip down memory lane. I'll say that much. And... I am so incredibly proud of this achievement, and I am so happy that I can share it with you, and I just don't have the articulate, I don't have, I can't articulate it. I am overcome with so much excitement and joy for this that I am genuinely having problems expressing myself. All I can really truly say is thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the people who have reached out and telling me how they like the characters and how they enjoy the story. And you make this very, very worth it. Because I started this wanting to just archive vocally my work. And it very quickly became more than just being a podcast for being an audiobook thing. And I am so glad that it's become what it's become. And I can't wait to keep doing this for all of my books. But your boy is tired. I have been working full-time, as I've said several times, and I'm going on a scheduled break. It will only be a month long, I swear to God. And in that time, I've mentioned this before, I'll be creating a backlog. 
I'll be starting with uh, two books next. They'll be very quick. I'll be reading the next books. Uh, the, the, the next books I'll be reading is Toad. I'll be reading Toad and the Glass Eye and Toad in the Vile Garden next. And Toad in the Vile Garden is coming very, very soon. It is in the final stages of being proofread. It is just a matter of making sure I did my grammars right. And I'll also be, during that break, trying out some experimental episodes ahead. You'll, you'll see what those are. I don't know exactly how the schedule will work with how I release this. I might just record a bunch of chapters, and whenever I record these experimental episodes, I might just upload them. So, no promises, but keep an eye out for maybe something special during the break. And I, I think that's it. Um, <laughs> I just... My eyes are a bit watery right now, if I'm being honest, and I'm getting some feelings. So I will see you all in a month. Thank you once again. I am truly thankful. Have a wonderful day, and have a good night. The future for everyone and everything is looking very bright right now.